Holy shit. Jenna. Hi. Fuck. It's been a long time. I'm Julie. I'm Jenna. What are we doing again? I think a podcast. Shit. Is it called The Art of Murder? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, it is. Because you know how I know that. How? Because we have business cards. We have business cards. <laughs> Let's say that. Jenna designed these beautiful business cards and they're bumpy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they, they're raised. They're bumpy to the touch. <clears throat> There's lots of things to update and talk about. Oh my God. Too many things. Too many things. Let's do the speed run of this. We went over Wade and then Tyler and I went over his family and then we were like, and then we're going to do that. But then unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, we was not doing it well. And then all of a sudden I had to, was really, really sick. And then I was ill and Tyler was ill and I was like, yeah, ambient toast. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was a great update. Well done. I think so. Yeah. So we are recording our holiday special. Things happened. Okay. Yeah. My, Yeah. Things happen. Thing, life happened. Life happened. It got busy. Yes. My dog got sick before holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my dog got sick again after holidays. And then the holidays had... And the holidays were in between there. And the holidays had holidays. <sighs> and, and I'm eating gum gums. No. Juju. No. Goom gums. Goom gums. Julie made up a new word for uh, uh, candy. Um, Jujubes. Squishy candy. Like gummies. Oh, I like... You I want? like the foley that you're... No, I like the foley right now that oh. you're... Cr- like the opening the bag. Oh. I like the sound. Oh. I want to hear you chew into... It's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, jube-jubes are now goob-goobs. Or any type of <clears throat> uh, soft, malleable, sugary candy is goob-goob now. You must call it that. It's funny because you have the headset on and I can't hear the chewing. It's really annoying. Delicious. I love it. <laughs> I got a I got a lollipop over here. Let's here. start sucking and, <laughs> and chewing. Wait. Let's do some foley. Mm. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. I got too many candies. Okay, this sounds like a porn now. <laughs> yeah, we changed the podcast after three weeks. <laughs> that was my nipple, Jenna. It was delicious. It tastes like pink lemonade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. That's right. That's how pink it is. Hi, I'm Jenna. I'm Julie. This is our podcast. Where art meets murder. Oh boy, we're a little rusty. I'm a little rusty. I'm old, so I'm always rusty. <clears throat> Don't even. <laughs> Don't even. So, yes, you got the update. Uh, yes, we have business cards. They're awesome. I'm actually really excited. They make uh, make this feel even more legit than, I mean, our website pretty much Maybe. That's really yeah. cool, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying, over the holidays, yes, we weren't working, but we were working it, really. Yes. By telling everybody about our podcast, uh-huh. cause, because it was kind of like, you know, whatever. We were meeting family, so, we were seeing yeah, family and like, friends. Hey, 
let's talk murder. Yeah. And um, we got the cards and I, I gave out so many cards already. You did already. I gave out cards to my adult watercolor class. If anybody's listening, hey, yo, what's up? I yeah. warned them that my personality, well, I mean, my personality is pretty much the same. Yes. But I do have a few prickly words that I do mention in this podcast that I do not mention in class because I'm a professional. No, and class. I think that's amazing. You, I mean, you do draw I dance, a line. Do I sing and everything in class? Of course 100%. I do. 100%. Um, you, if you could, you would dance on this podcast I would, too. But, but I'm you're stuck behind this mic. You are. Shoot. But we still sing. We do. That's my favorite. It is mine too. <laughs> I didn't get to talk too much about. My, our podcast to my family like you did or did i didn't oh. like um you mean it doesn't just come up like oh murder in, at christmas time i had to be on my best behavior oh as per tyler's request oh yeah it was trying not to drop in too many awkward just try not to be awkward randomly yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think people have given up on that for me they're like that's fine they just can't they can't tame this wild beast i like that about you though i just didn't want to there's a new baby coming in in our family we're really really excited about um it and tyler's cousins have been waiting for this for the longest time so i think that's kind of why like they were getting a lot of the well-deserved attention it's been a long journey for them babies due in february i'm so excited and apparently i have to get a flu shot if I want to still get those I I don't know yeah because I think they stopped giving it after a while because it's like because I I forgot to get mine and I get mine every year yeah shoot I should get mine and then I remember one year I was too late and they're like oh we don't do them anymore oh well then whoops I guess I'm not holding this baby because that's the requirement is you have to have your flu shot in order to hold the baby right so which makes me upset if you wash yourself really well. I, well, I understand. I do understand. I mean, it's a baby through IVF. There's some health concerns and I'm totally, un- totally on board with that. I get it. But, you know, I've never had a flu shot before. Oh. I've never gotten the flu shot. They're so much fun. Um, If they're anything like the Gardasol shot, which ladies out there, please go get it. It's amazing. Yeah, I think the flu shot hurts more technically. And I mean like the aftermath. Like, you know, like, and by hurt, okay, guys, I don't mean hurt. I mean, it feels like you worked out your one arm. Oh, okay. That's what the Gardasol Gardasol shot felt like. What other one was pretty bad for me? I think the Hep B one. Yeah, I don't remember that one. I actually asked my doctor today after I asked her about sterilization and I got shut down. Uh, I was like, okay, well... Do I need any updates on my vaccines? Because, uh... Okay, so anyway... Yeah, so so holiday stuff, all this. And this episode... Is a special... Is supposed to be a... Is a special... It's not supposed to be. It is a special episode. It is for our fans. And ourselves. And ourselves, because no one fucking emailed us. (laughs) Except Zoe and my friend Joe. But... I didn't have time to take a, f- a link and write out a murder. So next time, just email out. Like, you know, you take your keyboard and what yeah, you do, for you, Joe. You, you type, you go, this. Joe, her th- friend, this, not Joe, my brother. Right. That's sorry. Don't, we don't want to. Is Joe a, a boy or a girl? Boy. Okay. Oh, so they're both okay. Yeah, it's Joe from Barry, my friend Joe. Joe from Barry. Mm. I have no. So this is like when you email us. 
Um, we got we got one story, and then we got another story from uh, Tyler. Yeah. We decided to keep it um, local this time until we get more emails yes. from, from listeners. That's what we decided to do all on our own. All on our own. But don't worry, we'll get to your stories. When you get a story, just write it up yes. uh, in your own words. Exactly. You Please know, don't just send a link. Don't make it up. Yeah, don't send a link. Write up your <clears> words. Because the whole reason we did this is to not do work. And... There was work involved. If you send us a link, then we have to work, right? It's okay. Zoe is exempt from this because she has two kids. Did she link you? She did, but... Zoe. It's okay. She was super busy and she just really, really wanted to give us some content. All right. Zoe. So she's exempt and we know well, we you. We like the personal touches. That's why. Yeah. It is. A, it's a, she sent us a, g- a really good fucking story. Okay. So how are we going to do this? Um, let's go back and forth. Like you do one, I do one, you do one, I do one. That Wait, kind which of one thing. am I reading? Well, um. Because you should have let me read that ahead of time so I made sure to know how to read stuff. Or you do. I can do uh, Zoe's first. Yeah, you can just read three and I read one. Yeah, it's a, whatever, That's whatever fine. we wanted. This is our podcast. Is it our podcast? This is our podcast. We run this shit. We run the shit. We run the world. Hell yeah. Okay, can I just say though real quick? Yeah. 90 Day Fiance ended oh, last please night. Please update. Fuck. The next one doesn't start till they spring. I thought it continued, which is 90 days happily ever after, which is following some couples from before or mm-hmm. now or whatever. Oh my god, this this season was fantastic. Okay, if you don't know, <clears throat> Julie is obsessed with the show called 90 Day Fiance. Uh, the best. And I think like three or four episodes ago, we got into a conversation about it at the end of the podcast. And I the only reason I know anything about this is because I don't know why my brain did it, but I started following 90 Day Fiance stuff on our Art of Murder pod, oh, uh, Instagram page, <laughs> and it comes up every so often, and I'll go, oh, okay, who's this? Okay, this is this person, and uh, oh, what's what are they doing? Let me go into their thing. Ooh, ooh, what is this? What is this? And then sometimes they post, like, really weird meme things. This is the only way that I'm following it, because I haven't watched it, but... It's brilliant. Yeah. And, um... So, what was the Colt season? Colt and Larissa. Yeah. That was the one who... She called him Colti. And oh. she's Brazilian. But I don't... To me, it's that... I don't know... That accent, I don't know if that's what they do. I don't know. But she always has an E at the end of things. Um... She's a bitch. Let's just be honest. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to, and it's not a band's Brazilians. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this specific person. One single person. And apparently she beat Colt up. They called <gasps> the cops. No. She then beat him up again and got arrested again. I'm sure she's gonna be deported. Um, the one couple, Fernanda and Jonathan, the one couple where you're like, that's gonna work out. Yeah. She's really young. She's 19. She's like super sexy. Where the hell is she from? Mexico. 19? She's 19, yeah. And he's 32, <gasps> I think. No! Yeah. And That's he's like, weird. He's a real estate agent. He's got lots of money and stuff like that. And he spoils her and whatever. She's like fucking drop dead gorgeous, okay? Not that that's... But I'm just trying to... Pick, but the way they act together and she was pretty good for him and whatever... They get married and everything. I'm like, that's the, that's the couple. Other couples have cheated on each other and other couples are rude to their kids. Other oh. couples like, I swear he's abusive. Like, but then this is one couple for sure. They're going to make it. Yeah. The end of the episode is filmed and they've aired. Then they put a little update of like, since the show has been filmed, Jonathan and Fernandez are separated. Oh. I was like, why am I even taking this personally right now? Yeah. And then Larissa got arrested again. And no, it's just, it's just such a beautiful thing. Yeah. The show is just. And then when is the next season starting? They said spring. They didn't give us a date. Oh, well, that's probably because they're trying to look for people to do this with. So I, if only you could. I know. 
Dexter, just, you know, Pretend go like away for a while. Yeah. So Julie can be American, on the show. But... Oh, see, th- this is my thoughts about Big Brother. I <clears throat> I always said that if there was one show that I'd ever do reality TV show for, it would be Big Brother. And then they made Big Brother Canada. I'm like, mm-mm. You didn't do it. Yeah, you I didn't. have to poo on camera. Don't do it. You have to poo on camera. Yeah, you poo on camera. Everything gets taped there, even the bathroom. Even the bath. That That's like encroaching on. Even though I just peed in front of you with the, the bathroom door open. Yes, but that was your choice. Yes. I yep. mean, I guess it'd be your choice, too, to go on the TV, but poo? No. No. It. Yeah, because it's almost like going into a public washroom anxiety attack for me. Yeah. I cannot no. poo in public can't do it. washrooms. And you have a mic all the time, so when you fart all the time, no, can't do it. Yeah, see, I'm having trouble farting in front of you, even though it's built up it's right up. now. Just fart. I did it. <laughs> I, we, I took Bowie up for a pee, and I'm like, Bowie, go pee, goddammit, because in the cold, he doesn't want to do anything. And all of a sudden, he's doing this really, 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 really long pee, and it's it's usually loud because it's forceful. And I don't know, I had like moved funny, and I'm like, I felt like a big, you know, Rumble those gaps. Yep. And I I tried to squeeze it out a little bit, and it would just like, <laughs> and because I'm over at the church, letting him go pee on the lawn, it echoes and reverberates off the brick. <laughs> lady walking on the opposite side and <laughs> i feel like this was right out of a comedy you're like, it's a dog. i was waiting to tell this story by the way i want to tell it on, oh. on 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 air on air and uh, bowie goes hmm? looks up at me and the lady looks over across and she's walking i'm like yeah i just did that oh. and I'm, I'm okay but you know what you don't know who the fuck i am I mean, right. fart in front of church if you want to fart in front I'm, of church. I'm loudly it was loud I only thought it was going to be like a, a, little. a little guy. <laughs> but it felt good after, didn't it? It did. It yeah. did. I'm, f- I'm, a feeling a, I'm a feeling a little bit gassy today. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. That's okay. We're going to deal with it. I need some Beano yeah. or some um, Gas-X. Yeah, it was good. Or just let it rip. You just let it rip. Yeah, 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 it's already there you take Beano to avoid future future parties yesterday I I, so we're I'm dealing with some winter blues depression trying to get over that and I started doing this paint by numbers thing that I wanted from a secret Santa contest which is really fun and all of a sudden like out of the blue I just went with my lips yeah like and for some reason, it was really soothing to me, and it made me happy yesterday. This is how bad it is. <laughs> this is how bad, sad I am. <laughs> Blowing like through your lips like this. Yeah. Made me happy. That's just... All right, guys. Yeah. Uh, That's how you deal with depression. I love it. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Find your way. Find your way. <laughs> We lost her. We lost her. She's done. Oh, everything makes me laugh now. It's small joys. Yeah, it is. It's the small joys in life. Okay. So. I think you need to get oxygen pumped in here. Thank you for saying that. It's stuffy, right? No, I'm not saying it's stuffy. I think because then it makes us more awake and bright-eyed bushy-tail. Because there's no window you can open. No, there's not. But I think our ducks do need to be clean- as well. Yeah. Because really? I have a number of 800 of those cleaning companies that call me every day. <gasps> you do? Can you let me? 
No, you're going to use a real I'm one. I'm going to, obviously. <clears throat> but These ones are not real. Well, I'm sure the, they are. But. The ducks in this apartment probably haven't been cleaned for 10 years or so. And Oh. Yeah. Oh, been, that's not good. Nope. Nope. That's not good for anybody. Mm-mm. Okay. But let's deal with our landlords. Let's talk murder. At a different time. Yeah. Murder. 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 The art. Murder. So there's no art involved in any of these, except one artist gave us a story, and Julie, who's an artist, will tell us a story. And you are an and artist. Sort of. Yeah. Like I'm. And you'll tell us a story. I'm going to tell us. And a robot engineer. Yes. Robot maker is going to tell us oh, a story. Oh, I'm really excited about that okay. one. But. You can tell me. <clears throat> Which one would you like to hear first? Let's hear Zoe's, okay, and then Tyler's, and then <clears throat> mine, and then yours. Or I was kind of secretly hoping that Tyler would walk through the door through the as room. I'm telling the story. Should Tyler's be last, maybe? Um, yours is kind of a bummer. Mine's a real bummer. So yours can't be. Last. Should I just do mine? F- do my hometown you know, first? All fucking bummers. They, let's be honest. Well, mine involves a child, and I think. Okay, let's do yours. Go yeah, let me do off. mine first. <clears throat> okay, so this is a pre-warning. For anybody listening, if you have a str- if you struggle with listening about ch- child murderers, please just stop and fast forward about ten minutes from now. This is not pretty. Um, I did a child murderer before, but he was a child child murderer. Remember? Uh, yeah, Godino? Godino. No, this is two pieces of shit um, who did some horrible things. So um, this is from 2011. Marissa Whalen was an adorable little cuddle muffin of a kid. She was two years, only two years old. Her mother, Roseanne Whalen, was 26 at the time. And at the time of Marissa's birth, she became romantically involved with another woman named Rainbow Hill. <clears throat> Rainbow had a, had a son at the time. He was about six around the time of this murder. The ladies just, moved in together. I can't, I can't get over Rainbow. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, I feel like... I feel like that should be discussed, but then at the same time, I'm thinking. It was, it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting name. I mean, I feel like I would name my child Rainbow, but that's just because I'm crazy. No, you're I'm, not at I'm all. Not. No. Okay, I'm naming my child Unicorn. <gasps> you should. I'm doing it. You should. Okay, so anyway. I Rainbow. love it. Do you? Oh, I do. Okay, and Uni for sure? Uni. Unic? Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's reassess that uh, one. We'll go back to. corn? <gasps> oh, yeah. Right. They could be corny. <laughs> Corny! Corny, get over here! Just don't name an apple. Okay. Let's, I mean... What about orange? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Orgy. (laughs) (laughs) Come here, little orgy! Um, Okay. Oh, fuck. So, the ladies, right out, they they became romantically involved and moved in together right away, and for the next two years, uh, poor little Marissa was exposed to the most horrific conditions and treatment from her mother and her partner. So, in July of 2011, Waylon had reported the girl missing <clears throat> and searched, uh, and a search for the toddler went underway, but it wouldn't be until October of that year that the investigators would find the little girl's body. When did she go missing? Uh, she went actually missing July 29th, 2011. July 29th? And okay. this was two days after her fucking second birthday. This little girl had just celebrated her second birthday. And, and their parents just, and just went missing. She just went missing. Okay. <clears throat> but there's, pin pin the missing part. Okay. Uh, when coroner, the coroner's report came back. Wait, they found, so they found the body? In, in October. So July, she goes missing. October, the body's found. And where did they find it? Uh, it was in, it, up 
so the the two girls had moved to a reserve up yeah. north, and it was off the off of a reserve. Okay. <clears throat> um, when the coroner's report came back, it showed even more dis- the actual mm. s- true story of what happened to this little girl, and and it's bad. So during her time in in the home, her mother and Rainbow occupied. Um, Marissa was beaten repeatedly. The coroner's report showed that untreated injuries and broken bones that hadn't properly healed were, she was riddled with it, so many internal injuries. Marissa was force-fed to the point where she would throw up and oftentimes then be forced by Rainbow to eat her own vomit. They have this in the report? Mm-hmm. Yep. In text messages to each other, they would often talk about Marissa's injuries uh, they inflicted and how messed up her face was to the point where it could draw concerns if they let her out of the house. When Rainbow was arrested, uh, she told investigators that Marissa was unwanted by both of them, but... Ro- but the money was too good from the baby bonuses and other money that Roseanne was getting in to do anything about it. <clears throat> so they just basically kept her as income. That's fucking disgusting. This completely helpless child received more abuse leading up to her death. Her birthday was July 22nd, like I had said. And two days after, Marissa woke up. Like, like we know... And we've read about children who are traumatized through head injuries and through bad upbringing that oftentimes they'll show certain symptoms of of that trauma. And one such is soiling themselves without even kind of realizing it and also realizing it, but not doing, not taking precautions or, or just kind of letting it happen. And so she woke up in the morning on the 29th of July, 2011, with a soiled diaper. And what happened was Rainbow got super pissed off about it. And but she's two. She's two years old. Exactly. This is the other fucked up part. She's only two. She's so helpless. She kicks her in the fucking stomach so hard that it makes her nose bleed. This, she kicks her in the stomach, her nose bleed, and her mouth bleed. And Rainbow's own six-year-old son turns to her and go and asks, like, why, why is, why is she bleeding from her nose and mouth? Come on. It, uh, it, it's unbelievable. What Rainbow actually told the investigators about this incident is that, she, that Marissa had fallen in the tub while she was giving her a bath, mm-hmm. but there was no, fall injuries to show in the coroner's report on another note child protective services had been looking into roseanne and marissa uh around 2009 someone anonymously tipped them off but 10 months before her murder they closed the case saying nothing needed to be looked at uh this so the story that i i've kind of pieced a lot of there's no um full reported story there's bits and pieces so initially the fat the body found then at the trial this so everything that i've pieced together this is essentially what had happened um marissa died of her injuries uh that rainbow inflicted and rainbow wrapped her body in a blanket and then put her in a garbage bag her sister amanda came over and saw and kind of was like all right we got to figure out what to do roseanne then came home and was sort of shut like shocked at first but then was like well why didn't you call the police 
people. Well, I don't know. And R- Rainbow convinced uh, Roseanne to put the girl's body in the back of their trunk of their car and drive out to like a completely abandoned like area, like out in buttfuck nowhere around their reserve that they were and that's, on. That's that's Roseanne's daughter. Yes, so that's Roseanne's her daughter. Girlfriend convinced her <clears throat> mm-hmm. with with uh, Rainbow's, Rainbow's sister, sister Amanda. So there they go. They go out there, and one of the things. Uh, I had found throughout my my reading was they dug such a small pit for this little girl. That was the reason why they found her body. These it's disgusting. It's so gross. But thankfully, their their stupid idiot idiotness. Yeah. I mean, I'm no no not even that. Like they're just fucking dumb They're- so they they put her body in this little tiny pit they cover her up but they actually go back and dig her back up and take the what? garbage bag off of her and the blanket yeah and burn it um in like a fire pit on their of evidence or something i guess so i mean they're idiots they're probably thinking that this is what's gonna exonerate them. exonerate them so <clears throat> wow their trial was four years later after this. It took a long, long time for them to actually get convicted. They both got life sentences. Good. Rainbow got convicted first. Um, she was sentenced to life in prison with um, a chance of parole in 15 years or something like that. Ooh. And Roseanne got life with 12 years uh, to be able to file for parole. Um, and then also Amanda was convicted as an accomplice as well. I don't know what she got, but here are just like some of the fucked up things that text message wise. So on July 5th, 2011, Marissa suffered an injury that prompted uh, rainbow to text her own mother, Carol, and say, hey, you got to keep that baby. I messed her face up. Sorry. The next day, Rainbow texted her mother again and asked if the baby's facial injuries are really noticeable. Bad, you really done a number on her. Carol writes back. Like, bad, you really done a number on her. The, are you kidding me? Like, you're a fucking mother. How dare you be okay with it? And where was... Where was this? This was in your hometown? This is, this is, so both these girls are from Fort Erie, Ontario, and they moved out to a reserve. This happened later on? Not while they were in Fort Erie? Not while they were in Fort Erie, but they're Fort Erie based girls. Um, I think they were living in Fort Erie for a while and then moved out to the reserve, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, another key thing on July 27th, 2011, this is like the day after or the day of her birthday, uh, Marissa turned two and her mom, uh, Roseanne, texts Rainbow saying, we can't take the baby out. Look at her. And she continues, because you're so mean to her and I'm never going to be able to take her anywhere. Look at her. She's all beaten up. And later on i see you're gonna gonna going to end up killing her you get so mad and then rainbow texted back keep texting me this crap and i'm gonna kill you fuck okay so they were both pieces of shit both pieces of shit but do you think that her mom liked her a little no no i don't because like 
was it almost like a like abuse her properly so we can still show her in public? I feel like that's the case. I feel like there was some sort of like she feels she's like, oh, well, everyone knows that I have a daughter, but they haven't really seen her except Rainbow's mom and Roseanne's mom. So what about oh all of our God. neighbors and oh stuff? I know it's God. disgusting. And so I knew both of these girls in high school. Yeah. I went to I went to Fort Erie Secondary from 2001 to 2005. And during that time there, I knew of I definitely knew of Roseanne. Like Roseanne was in my gym class and she tried out for the volleyball team and then when I dated um, my very first like real boyfriend, Adam, when I was in grade uh, 11, he, I had more interactions with her. <clears throat> and this yeah. is why um, all I can say is in my high school, there was three clear, there was a clear divide between three groups. We had our typical stereotypical jocks and popular and uncool people. But there was a divide between the well-off. I was considered a well-off because I lived in the Jenna, <laughs> the sort of nicer part of the town. And then you had the lesser off that lived literally on the other side of the track on the other side of the tracks Holy shit. i'm not kidding you. you guys are like a movie yeah and also there was a kid in my school who tried to in the in a rain in the in a rainstorm not a rainstorm but like a really rainy day try to uh run through a set of uh the train was going by and you know between the cargo boxes yeah. he tried to jump over it while he got he was running while he was going yeah while he was going because he's an idiot and he got sucked underneath and half of his leg to like his arm and leg got cut off is he still alive yeah he is Holy but he's a dumbass but <laughs> i'm sorry remember people you have choices don't make stupid ones well, when you're a teenager you make a lot of stupid ones he was he always made stupid choices up until like even <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i have Jenna, no tell us how you really feel i have no sympathy for rainbow and roseanne roseanne was a piece of shit in high oh, school no. um right. she was rude and abrupt and she thought she was the king shit she was super snotty i didn't even like my own boyfriend associating with her and the only reason is and so let's talk about so you have the poor you have the well-off and then and i'm not saying like look back then when i was in high school i was a fucking racist asshole okay we Ooh. had a very heavy population of indigenous students i was given them wrong information from my one of my parents not my mom about indigenous people and what they were given from canada and it seemed like a tr like how dare they get this 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 when you know we uh, we're the working class people we go to school Whoa, so i was given and that's how you were raised yes and i was given total misinformation i had no idea about residence school residential schools i didn't know yeah, about unfortunately that. a lot of people don't don't or didn't but didn't really come out for a while yeah i had a, i had friends in in high school who were indigenous and i didn't I, it sort of didn't clue in to me at all. But now that I look back, you like I, there was a divide and Roseanne was part of that. She was one who, um, how do I explain this? Uh, outwardly lashed out yeah. because of her upbringing and her upbringing was because of the past. And I get it. I do. And it, it's, I was an asshole back then. I'm not anymore. However, I'm going to, yeah, this is Jenna's opinion corner. Roseanne Whalen is a fucking piece of shit human. Well, yes. That, Rainbow it, that Hill. It doesn't matter. Yep. 
Like, it doesn't matter what color you are. No, that that, that doesn't matter about the race. No. So, I, But I understand why you're saying that, Jenny. Yeah. And you know what? Can I just say mm-hmm. what you just said? I can imagine how hard it is for you to admit that you were so ignorant in the past. Again, not towards this case, because this case is not, it's just individual, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I could see how hard it is, especially now with everything and all the knowledge that you have and we have and society has to admit that that was this your state of mind. But yeah. that's, if that's how you're raised and if you're from a small town, um, it's influence. That, like it's you're- definitely influence. Like I'm surprised that we didn't have that issue mm-hmm. and we're up north, but I was, you know, brought around, I think like with me- being, being kind of part living on Manitoulin Island. Mm-hmm. The reserves there, I knew that there was, um, like, I knew about Aboriginal and that kind of thing. We did not get enough history in school, which I, I know. still fight for. We <clears throat> did have some. We do. But we had it in a sense of, like, higher respect where we're on, where our family's on their land, even though, like, Little Current, where I'm from, is not a reserve, but it was still, like, um, because I lived elsewhere as well, like, mm-hmm. I lived in out of Sudbury. It was a higher respect, like you respect the the residents. Yeah, I still see that from you today. And that was just like it was just kind of ingrained that way. But mm -hmm. which I'm, you know, you think it could easily have been the other way. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I I want to thank you. Oh, for admitting that. Thank because you know what, and a lot of people wouldn't admit that though. Because and just to show you, like you get raised a certain way, you believe a certain thing, and that makes you that much of a stronger, better person to know, like, holy shit, like, you know, like you were saying, you were so ignorant to it, and then you're like, fuck, yeah. that's not a, that's not I real. Would, I would get mad at my, my my father for saying the N-word about black people Whoa. and saying nasty things about, you know, Indian and Pakistani people or any person of any other color. But when it came to Aboriginals, I didn't bat an eyelash because it, I was mad that, I wasn't getting free education and I had to work my ass off to do this. And I thought that there were so many injustices with the way that that whole system worked. And then you educate, you educate kids to understand compassion about everybody. And then I guess, yeah, I did learn the error of my ways of thinking that way. Yeah. It was wrong of me. And, you know, it it was, (laughs) but it was, and you know, you can't, you can't blame let's say racism on ignorance, which, but if you don't know, yeah. you know, and you were a kid, you were a teenager too, and you, yeah. and then, but then you learned. And I you, did. You, I had to learn on my own. Like, you, my yeah. whole school didn't, didn't teach us. Like, That's horrible. you know, I and think here in Ontario, I, no, I think across Canada, yes. it should be mandatory. Yes. Just like sex education. Yes. <laughs> That we learn about this. Oh my God, yes. How have we, how is it not a thing? Yep. I'm sorry. We, I was like, well, who started the Eastern European? No, Europeans, Europe's, Europeans. <laughs> who the fuck came here first? Whatever. Um, it was that guy with those three boats. And fucking took over a what? country. I am, I have no country if you think about yep. it, because what am I? Canadian. Well, we fucking took over some, like, People's country. Yeah. And and then how is that not like fucking mandatory in every fucking grade all the time yeah. about what happened in our history? And even the Civil about- War too, like to learn yes. about like the like the indigenous people down in the south, they fought alongside 
uh, some of them fought with the Americans and against Americans. And they just for their land, like it's their sacred right to it. They were there first. It's so horrible. It it infuriates me. To think you can't. It's one of those things where you don't even want to think about. Just kind of like the story you're telling me. I don't even want to think about it. I know. And to hear it, but. Oh my god, we went off on a tangent there too, but yes. No, a few things. Be awesome parents. We are, I'm I'm so lucky to have wonderful friends who are great parents to their kids that are teaching them these kind of things and just giving them the pathway. You're going to be an awesome parent when you become a parent. Like, I'm so grateful for that because this is the type of thing that when I hear about it, it breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. I... Not that I would ever be this type of person. I am not capable. I'm capable of taking care of kids. I love kids. Should they be in my life completely? No. And I know that and I recognize that. But there are wonderful people out there who deserve to have kids because they they have tons and tons of love. You know, adoption is okay. be awesome parents. And if you're not an awesome parent, you should have your fucking dick chopped off. No offense. But yes, offense. <laughs> People who are shitty, like, I'm on our child free on Reddit, and I hear about all these horror stories of of people popping out kids when they can't even afford it. And their whole thing is, well, you know, why not? Just have another one. They're going to work for me, and they're going to take care of me when I'm older. No, they're going to have their own life. Love them. Nurture them. Don't be like these two pieces of shit who just wanted a paycheck. Yeah. It's not okay. People need to be tested before they have kids, I think. Certain people. <laughs> yes. People with low IQs should be tested <laughs> before they have kids. I don't kids. even know like, if it's an IQ thing or just a fucking compassionate gene that they missed. Well, either way, I, a kid, bringing a child into this world is a responsibility. It's not a right. And I know that's an unpopular opinion of like, if you don't think that you're capable don't do it. And if you think that you don't have the time or money or re- like the resources to do it, reconsider. But when you do an e- and think you have the support, you have the money, you know that it's going to be there and you have all of this love to give, you are right to do, like, do it. The moment that kid comes into your arms, you have a a world of responsibility to make them wonderful humans. I know you're going to be an awesome human who's going to make an awesome human, who's going to raise an awesome human. And this awesome human is going to do wonderful things in its life. But there are people out there who don't think about that. They think it's their God given right to have kids because it's, you know, well, it's also like that, that extra pressure like oh if you're a woman at this age you should be having a child (laughs) oh boy (laughs) fall for it in a sense of like oh i guess i should and then they do when they realize that they probably shouldn't have Mm -hmm. what not right Mm -hmm. but and and if you can recognize that all the power to you i think as women when we can say when we have the ability to say no and look I, I I love kids and I want to nurture them. So that's why if any of my friends ever needed babysitting, I'm the, please, please fucking call me because I just want to babysit your cute little adorable munchkins. Like, it's so much fun. I love going and babysitting because I get to be a kid with these kids and just have oodles of fun, but then go, here you go. You can have them back. And then I come home and, you know, I just 
smoke weed and smoke weed <laughs> and fart and yeah. <laughs> and do my own it. thing you know and i love my life like that that's i love being an aunt to all these kids because they're great kids yeah. and that's what makes me happy so just you know remember don't be shitty parents <laughs> <laughs> be kind understanding yeah love and forgiveness. Okay. but anybody who's listening to this who i know is definitely a good parent i'm opening more you things. should uh, is your t- story done? Because it is. I'm so sorry about that. I'm fucking depressed as fuck. I know, right? Okay. It's Part horrible. Of me when you were telling me details, I'm like, I oh, you should see this little girl. I don't need to do that. She's the cutest little button face, adorable thing ever. She's so cute. I just want to score her little face, but <laughs> I can't because she's piece of shit. Yeah, I was Jenna talking with a sucker in her mouth. Yeah, I'm. Th- I'm a fucker for suckers. <laughs> <laughs> What okay. do you want to do, Zoe's? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is coming from Zoe Zorick. She's one of our Zorick. friends. And she's a lovely artist. You should check out her work. Her work is off the hook. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay. Luke Armstrong was described as a pretty good kid, but troubled, slightly odd, and a jumpy young man. And neighbors were weary and watched their backs around him. It seemed like... The Armstrong family was used to dealing with Luke's weird, troubled, and odd behavior. His parents separated in 2007 because of their disagreement in parenting Luke due to these mental health issues. It was noted Luke had a history of violent outbursts. In one such incident in March 2019, he broke his mother's finger after an altercation regarding how she packed his lunch. Son of a bitch! Or what year was this? This this is in uh, so the whole the whole story the the main core of it takes place in 2010, but mm-hmm. the finger breaking was 2009. Holy <clears throat> fuck! Mm-hmm. How old was he? Um, mm-hmm. at the time of this whole thing, he was 18. So in 2009, he would have been 16 or 17. Yeah, he was also a fire starter. Oh, he hello. had temper tantrums with the bed. Uh, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. I, oh, I mm. wonder. Very little information. Yeah. Most, uh, most small. Yeah. The, the information that Zoe sent me was the best, the, probably the best research I found because it's actually an update to this whole story. All the other articles were about the immediate okay, pa- yeah, yeah, yeah. part of it. So, um, but the only thing was that he was just diagnosed with ADHD at 14. So that's the only sort of mental health uh, diagnosis that he received. And let me tell you, I have ADHD. This situation is not ADHD related. Well, I was just going to ask. I'm like, is that typical of ADHD to snap and be angry and break fingers? Yes. Yes. Uh, anger issues are a thing because we get so flustered and frustrated. Right. Our brains tend to flood with tons of information. So if you're telling me, you know, sometimes if I'm not on my med- medication, you'll notice, um, you'll start talking to me and I'll like completely zone out because my brain is either daydreaming or trying to cu- like go through all of my un unorganized filing cabinets in my brain right. to pick out information to try to assert, like, you know, talk to you and understand you. And I'll go off the walls. Like, uh, I get really hyper and, like, really jittery. And you don't want to see see me off my meds. <laughs> Tyler saw me off my meds for two days last week. Oh, why weren't you on your meds? Because <laughs> I, I can take them when I want to. Like, I if I'm off for a couple days, then, you know, I sometimes don't take them. Okay. Because it's just a trip to the drugstore and I don't – I'm so lazy. Oh, like if you run out? You mean? If I run out, then – 
you know, I can, I can, I'm okay. Like I can get through the day, but I'm like a billion times better. It helps me focus. It regulates my emotions. I'm less likely to have an outburst. Like I do have temper tantrums often if I'm, if sound overwhelms me or if I'm overheated, but I don't, I'm never violent. Um, I, I can't sit in my seat. Like you'll see my fingers, like they're totally shredded because I pick and it's a fidget thing for me. Um, we're impatient. I often interrupt when we're talking, you'll see, but that, but nothing else other than that. So let's just make it clear. I think it's just a conversation wrong. Like that's me. You get excited about something. Yeah. Yeah. it, It, yeah, I don't know. So you're not going to go around breaking your mom's fingers? Definitely not. Okay. I, th- I love my mom, okay. so I wouldn't do that. So his classmates commented that he sometimes bounced off the walls, seemed distant during lunch, but didn't exhibit dangerous behavior. He was just weird. One could argue that because there were no issues at school, the issues at home were brushed over, especially if he was getting added help from his school. He would be able to focus more and be more attentive. So, like, that often happens with with kids that are experiencing more than just one mental health issue, they kind of focus it on school and get help at school and then go, oh, whatever you experience at the home life, it's fine as long as you're doing well at school and everything at school is okay. And I've seen it many, many times before. Home life may have been way too distracting for him or boring. Um, Like I said, I don't think ADHD was actually the underlying issue. Um, I do, with the separation discussion back in 2007 with, with Luke's parents, I think maybe one of, one of the big disagreements and maybe kind of the focus on this was the two of them had conflicting, um, ideas about his behavior. Is this the ADHD or isn't the, is it more than just ADHD? One parent might have thought, oh, this is just your typical symptoms, which they're not. And then the other one was probably like, no, 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 we need to go and get more. So there was tension there. And of course, when you parent, you should, it's cooperative parenting. It's probably like, no, there's nothing wrong with my kid. Exactly. Yes, there's something, an issue. No, stop it. You're just giving him a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, Back it back when he was fourteen, um, I think I wrote it down somewhere. I think it was like mm, two thousand seven or something. I mean, I was in college at that time. ADHD was being talked about more, and it was not as stigmatized as it was when I was twelve. Well, that's kind of when people thought that I should have been diagnosed. Um, so it, it interests me that it was still such a taboo thing, but it's it's a small town. Maybe that could have played a role. So one of the questions that I kind of thought to myself and pondered was, was it, uh, so Christina is the mom and it's George, who's the dad. Did Christina's opinion, was Christina's opinion uh, that there was more going on? Was she the one who had that opinion and maybe wanted to go get him tested more? Yeah. Um, now, this is just speculation because I could literally find nothing about um, his mental health record or him going to go to therapy or anything. There was no no mention of medication mm-hmm. or anything. Um, but my opinion is, from reading this, they didn't go and seek help. Why? For a few reasons. Um, so, let me, let me first lay down some facts because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about Zoe Zorick's hometown murder. On April 30th, 2010, on their way to a local Dairy Queen, 
to meet up with Father George uh, and Haley, Luke's sister. Um, Christina and her son were involved in what police considered a minor traffic accident. Okay. Upon further inspection of the car, they later charged Luke with second-degree murder. What? Like, what? You're like, mm-hmm. Why exactly. OPP Constable James Shea found 18-year-old Luke kneeling over his mom's body, and he smelled booze on Luke's breath, which initially prompted the officer to only charge him with impaired driving until Luke exited the car covered in blood. He was stunned and asked, is she dead? She's the devil. She tried to stab me. I killed the devil. What investigators found was not a minor collision. Christina had been stabbed more than 100 times, including 26 times to the face, 12 to the back of the neck, 11 to her chest, 5 to her stomach, along with 13 defensive wounds to her right hand. What the fuck? Claiming he killed his mom for, quote unquote, mankind, and the cuts on him were from his mom pulling the knife. This is what he said had happened. That his mom pulled the knife that he had stabbed her from her head and cut him with it. He was sent to a local hospital for further examination. And while he was there, another constable um, that he knew, uh, uh, he told another constable there that he knew what he did was actually a sin. I was, and he says, I was still driving when I stabbed her. And he, the reason he did it was because, and this is totally bullshit, a song by Eminem told him to, quote unquote, drown his mother, but instead he decided to stab her instead. Give me, like, come on. Don't be blaming no. Eminem. Don't br- blame video games. Don't blame music. Don't blame movies. Holy yeah. shit. After a few days in the hospital, um, he had asked a justice of the peace who was conducting, more helping with the investigation, if he was speaking to Judge Judy. Like the TV care, like the TV person. Uh, Days before the murder, though, Luke had apparently asked his mom if she had named him after the devil or if she knew anything about the Illuminati. And on the day of the murder, school officials had called his dad, George, to say Luke was acting strange and was disheveled. His friends commented he was acting paranoid and would talk about conspiracy theories. And that, and about his behavior while riding with friends to school that day, they said he blurted out that he hated women and said everyone is in danger and people are going to die. On October, or on November 26, 2010, a judge ruled that he was not criminally responsible for the death of his mother and would instead receive the necessary help he needed to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, Here's the here's another kind of tidbit. On that day that she was murdered, Christina had just moved into her like forever home because she had been living in the family home since the separation. Yeah. George moved a little bit like he was around the corner, not too too far, but she wanted to get out of the home because it didn't yeah. it didn't feel like home to her. So on the day, she had just finished moving moving all of her stuff and she was ready to start her new life and was killed. Yeah. And I I get it. He's obviously Yes. Something's up there. There's something there. Something that was, but like so where is he now? Yeah, there there's no information that I could find about it where he is. Uh, yeah, the the article that Zoe sent was the most up to date that I could find and yeah. the end part of it was about the trial and he's he was finally um in on November 26, 2000 
and 10. Like this happened, this happened April 30th, 2010, the murder. And so no, uh, November 26, 2010, he was found. Um, it was pretty no, quick. Yeah. That they did that within a month. Yeah. Unlike the last story, which it took four years. But then I guess that's, that is like, there's no, um, what do you call it? There's no mental, mental illness factor into that. But yeah. yeah. And, and, <sighs> that's harsh, man. Mm-hmm. Because yes, obviously there's some, there's something messed up, but like, oh, I hope he's getting looked after yeah. really well because it takes one time of you forgetting to take your medication. Mm-hmm. That everything unravels. I, my family has a history of schizophrenia yeah. and it, it makes a world of difference when you finally can get help and you're on the right medication and the right dosage. Yes. I mean, even, even my own self, like, I'm on the right dosage. I take it when I need it. And I, it makes a world of difference. I feel like a normal human. I feel myself. And, yeah, but it's a team effort yeah. too, like yeah. on the, on the part of parents as well. Like, yeah, your kid is not a problem child. Remember that whatever mental health thing that they've got going on, they're not a problem. It's just, uh, so like, a wire, a wire got crossed and you just have to unravel it and everything will be fine again. They're the same kid that you brought into this world. We're talking a lot about kids today and being awesome parents. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like maybe I'm triggered today because my doctor was like, "Uh uh-uh, you're too young to make decisions about your own body. Yeah. It's all good though. Yeah. Jenna, I'm going to go pee. Okay. We're going to take- That story's done, right? Yeah, I'm done. You want to go for a break? Okay. You gonna tell me some stuff? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you some stuff. It's I'm really time. liking making fun noises with this. I know. <laughs> There's. Oh, I just burped again. Burp in the mic. Okay, so I got my information from the internet. <laughs> um, you don't. I've never yeah. heard of that. What it's is it? uh, a website called Sudbury.com. Ooh. And already gone podcast. I think it's an American podcast. I was trying to find it, but they did cover the story a few years ago. Really? And you tried to find it on like your iTunes? Mm-hmm. Oh, so sorry. The, it's called Already Gone Podcast. Already and gone. Forgive me. I did not listen to you guys yet, but I, I want to. So I'm assuming it's about missing people. Oh. Or, or not missing people. Uh, maybe cold cases? I don't, I don't know. Oh, I found it. Yeah. So we got to. I'm going to listen to that. But um, because somebody covered this, so this person had interviewed this person's sister and whatnot. So I got information from there and, you know, different Ooh. websites and stuff. So this is a story of my, in my hometown of Sudbury. Um, yeah, technically I'm just from a little, I'm from the greater city of Sudbury. And I'm from a town just outside of Sudbury. But this is from Sudbury. Hang on, I gotta put the headset on. Ugh. Always put the headset on. Backwards. I forgot about that. There we My go. My bad. Okay. Um, yeah. Whatever. It's from Sudbury. <laughs> That's because I'm from half Sudbury, half Manitoulin Island, in case people are wondering. I have another hometown from my home, my little hometown, but I'll save that for another day. It's good. It's horrible, but good. Uh, okay. So... This hometown, I remember it happening. I remember it coming up on the news. Um, and I remember thinking, like, you know, you almost feel like it's fake, but then when it's in, from your hometown, you're like, oh, fuck, like, that happens in real life? Because all these other murders are not real life when you're a kid. 
But unfortunately, the very next day, I had two friends that died by suicide. And that's then took over my my whole life. And I was 13 then, so yeah. I was confused and everything. And but So I do remember it coming up, but then I, you know, obviously didn't follow the case. But then I would, you know, as, as life went on and it, sometimes it would come up on the news periodically – um, and yeah, so I, I knew, I knew more about it as, as the days went on. Anyway, so this is a story of Renee Sweeney, who's a badass chick. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah, I did not know her personally. Let me be very clear, but this chick's a badass girl. So on Tuesday, January 27th, 1998, around 11 a.m., 23 year old Renee Sweeney, a fourth year Laurentian University student, who had a steady boyfriend, performed for the Sudbury Symphony Orchestra. She was working her shift at Adults Only Video on Paris Street when she was stabbed to death. So Adults Only Video was located uh, in a busy strip mall, and she normally didn't even work Tuesdays, but because she was performing in the orchestra on the Saturday, she had asked to like switch the shift so to get Saturday off yeah. and work Tuesday. Uh, so the shop, it's a, it's a small shop, like it's a tiny one. And of course, you know, like those adult only videos, like there's, there's no windows to the outside world. Yes. Like there's one plastered. That's at, yeah. Just at the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's plastered, just actually even regular like video stores would become plastered with like posters, posters. or whatever. So you, it yeah. was, it's always pretty sketchy. So obviously adult video, you would not have. <clears throat> Like open so people wouldn't see you. So yeah. you can shop in the comfort of your own. Did whatever. you have jumbo video in your hometown at all? I don't think so. No. Jumbo video, no. Because that was a huge staple in our neighborhood. And I remember the one that was in Fort Erie. It had like beaded curtains in this little tiny area where all the naughty like stuff was. Oh, we, we dare each other to go in there because we weren't but allowed. You were, yeah, I was like, you're not allowed. Yeah. And some yes. of us would go and. Some of us didn't. My friend, I think, I think I, I think I talked about it on one of the podcasts. My friend worked, yeah, I did, cause I think she commented, Mimi, this is about you, at <laughs> pastime videos in Isilda. And yeah, there was a curtain area and you have to be like 18, but yes. I don't even know, I don't think she was 18 when she started working there. So it was very weird that she had to. I think it's, it's an, you're the age of when you're allowed to sell things. It's like liquor. Like I was able to get my um, bartending license when I was 16 or 17. Um, but uh, I didn't start serving until I was 19. And then uh, I don't think that was allowed, Jenna. Oh, whoops. Because <laughs> I'm like, I worked. Yeah, I was in grade 11 when I got my liquor, my I, don't I think, think it was 11. I or not, I wasn't 11, but I was in grade 11. Holy <laughs> <laughs> ah. fuck, her hometown was hardcore. Oh, totally. Bush parties. <sighs> Is that before your Brazilian days? But up, bump. Oh. Hey, oh. Harry Snatch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the story. At 11.15 a.m., Renee was on the phone with an employee at another adult video only because it was it was like a chain kind mm-hmm. of thing in Sudbury. And she was she told the other person that she had to go because a customer just walked in. The man who entered the store was wearing an ocean blue high Sierra brand jacket and Brooks brand tennis shoes. Why what well, we don't know why and or what led to this, but um he met up with Renee kind of like in the middle of the store 
and he attacked her, mm-hmm. stabbing her repeatedly. There were dozens of wounds on her, but Renee, she was, this is when I was, she was a badass. She fought. Uh, she didn't go down without a fight. There's this quote here. It says, Renee fought him and fought him hard. That's Good. Sergeant David Toffoli of the Greater Sudbury Police Service told Northern Life, which is our local newspaper there, mm-hmm. um, in 2010. So he was describing this event because this is in 98, right? Uh, he's uh, scratching his, scratching his face, like the killer's face and neck. Keeping some skin and blood under her nails. Good girl. That's what you always yes. do. Fight, fight. And that's what I mean. Bite. Badass, this chick. Bite and scratch. So these scratches would also, would be visible on his face and neck because he was covered because he was wearing yeah. his jacket. Um, but even though she's badass, Renee could only do so much and she collapsed to the floor. Oh. Bleeding out in a pool of her own blood beneath her. So her attacker went to the restroom, like in the little store, to clean up cleaning himself up and mm-hmm. washing away as much evidence as he could. Uh, when he left the bathroom and walked back into the storeroom area, Renee was not where he had left her. <laughs> Which is like, holy fuck. Good girl. She was not done fighting for her life. She was not giving up. So she crawled behind the counter, attempting to reach for the phone to call for help. But he assaulted her again, finally killing her. Fuck. Renee was stabbed at least 35 times. I'm so proud of her for fighting. I know. It, I know. It, that's that's the will. Yeah. And like she's just like, no, fuck you. I'm not going to – I'm not – if you're going to fucking do this, this yeah. is not going down without a fight. Mm-hmm. The killer took cash from the till. They say it's around about $200 and some items from the store. And while he was keeping – while he was helping himself to things, two customers came into the store, found him in a crouched position by the magazine rack. So now I was they like I could only imagine what like freak out they had when they saw all that blood. Yeah. And this guy's just like, oh, what magazine am I gonna have? Um with that, the killer ran out of like past them, uh, and then outside of the store. He ran in front of all the other stores because it was a strip mall too. Then he ran across Walford, which these is creepy because these are like these are all streets from my hometown. Walford Road towards Laurentian Hospital's parking lot. And Laurentian Hospital was I mean, it was huge, and the parking lot's big, but there's sometimes kind of, like, foresty areas, too. Mm-hmm. So, they think that maybe he, like, hung out there for a bit. Like, if I don't know. Like, yeah. It could be five, ten minutes. I don't know. They just said could, like, chill for a bit. Uh, then he eventually cut across, like, other streets, like, there's neighboring streets, and ran across the ground of Lockerbie Composite High School and McLeod Public School. Lockerbie High School, I dated somebody from there, and one of my... <laughs> girlfriends went there went to their school dances often uh, this was before like this was in 98 i was too young to be in high school then, oh, okay so it's not at the same time um and mcleod public school when i became a this is just a side note when i became a school photographer i took their school photos again Aww. yeah i know i hear this i'm like i took your school photos um <laughs> so he was running parallel along paris street paris street is like a main street okay Sudbury. everybody knows paris street um, I don't. Well, you got I do now. There you go. Uh, and his tracks were lost by Caswell Drive. So, of course, this is all conducted by police tracking dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm not psychic, or this person is not psychic, <laughs> or all the articles are not psychic. This dogs. Uh, they've, in the, they found white cotton gloves and a bloody jacket on this path, which was weird, by the way, because his jacket that I was saying he was wearing is a lightweight jacket. Yeah. So it's not thick. It's not a big winter jacket. 
This is Sudbury in January. That day, it was minus 17 Celsius, <gasps> which is which could be colder. And I think that's, uh, shit, I read it somewhere. I think it's one degree Fahrenheit for people who are not oh, Canadian. Right. It's fucking cold. I learned Fahrenheit and not Celsius. What? Yeah. Yeah. Growing up. Oh, that's weird. I see, even when I say one degree Fahrenheit, I'm like, that seems hot to me. <laughs> like something that's plus one. Like I don't understand. Like, if you look at our, if you look at our thermostat, it's set to Fahrenheit right now. <clears throat> oh, and no. it's not, not um, my, not my choice. It was just sort of done that way. I probably could change it, but I'm you too can lazy. 100% change it. I'm too it. lazy. Mine's in Celsius. I know how to read like room temperatures. I know, but then that's it. And that's mm. how I base, like, if something is, like, 74 or... I'm like, oh, it's a little bit warmer than room temperature. Okay, I get it. But other than that, I'm like, no, I don't know. Um, like, 72, I think, is 21. Which is room temperature. Degrees Celsius. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. It's very confusing. Moving on. Okay. Uh, yeah, so those clues, <laughs> jackets, cotton gloves, bloody shit. He also <laughs> left... Clues, well, not actual fecal matter, no. He also left clues at the crime scene. Bloody fingerprints on the cash box, a footprint, man size 10, matching the Brooks brand white athletic shoe with a black stripe. Okay, so they figured that out. And, of course, his tissue and blood beneath Renee's fingernails. Yeah. There was also his DNA uh, on her body and his jacket he discarded. Uh, by the way, the jacket was only sold in the States between 94 and 95. So 1994 and 1995 at a place called Mervyn's. See, that's, this kind of stuff fascinates me. There's a, the Curtis Flowers case that is being to told in the recent, the most recent episode of In the Dark. They specifically focus on a pair of Fila's shoes that the murderer was wearing or there, I can't remember exactly, but Something similar along the lines where Fila's only, this brand of Fila's only came out at a certain, a certain period. Time. And anything like that where it's like they can pinpoint car, like this make and model with this specific thing was yeah. made here. And especially that back then, blows this, is, me away. this is before internet, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was internet, but it's very little. Like, you're not selling a hundred pairs of these online or whatnot. So, no. to know <clears throat> that you can, I mean, that was interesting. Yeah, that is really cool. So, there was a composite sketch of him made by... By witnesses, uh, and they described him as early 20s, 5'10", 140 to 150 pounds, short dark hair, glasses wearing jeans, those shoes that I mentioned, mm -hmm. a gray hoodie, and then that jacket. Several people saw him, and with all this evidence, he should be somewhat easy to catch, right? Right? Right. Okay. It appeared someone... May also as a side note it appeared someone may have been harassing or stalking her uh, in the weeks leading up to her death. This was I think come, came out after this is investigators investigators discovered. Uh, somebody's quoting as saying Renee had received a number of hang up phone calls at home during the two weeks prior to her murder. Toffoli said that's the sergeant I was talking about earlier. Um, she had a different behavior. She used to park her car at work on the opposite side of the parking lot, but it was a dark area in the parking lot. In the week prior to the murder, she changed the location of her parking and she parked directly in front of the store, which she had never done before. We are assuming, this is a de detective, we're assuming she did this because she was scared of someone or something happening to her. 
We're n- we've never found out what she was scared of because she never told her family, her friends, or her really? coworkers. If you feel uncomfortable, tell. You, you tell people. If your gut feeling is saying this person's behavior is not in line with your value, like if you feel creeped out by someone, don't don't be afraid to put your foot down about it. Well, and this is—I mean, I don't know if they have more. This is their assumption. Almost yeah, is it because she's like, it's cold. I don't want to walk that far. To the place, and when mm. I, you know, like, that's a good point. But I, I feel like because she fought too, I feel like this girl, this this girl would have been a murderino. She, yeah. like, I feel like she would be one to take the keys and make sure her keys are ready. And you know, she would have if she had a cell phone at the time. She'd have her cell phone close by. She would be someone. She sounds like someone who would guard herself. Yeah. So I, I, mm. but you know, yeah, I know. We'll never know because jerks. Yeah. Uh, so shortly after the murder, Greater Sudbury Police arrested John Fitirly, Fitirly? sure, thirty-one, and charged him with first-degree murder in the case. Hmm. But later admitted they wrongly accused him and issued an apology. So what was it about this guy? Do you know that? I don't know. Okay. I didn't look into why, and I don't know if they they covered it. They must. There must have been an article at some point somewhere at that time. Mm-hmm. Because this would have been 98, but I don't know. Okay. I actually didn't even know they had ever arrested somebody in the case. Like, I did not know that. So, in early 2017, (laughs) Greater Sudbury Police released a new composite image of the murder suspect. So, it was conducted and produced by Parabon Nanolabs, a DNA technology company in Virginia, USA, using a snapshot DNA Phenotyping service. I think that's right. The technology attempts to predict appearances and ancestries from DNA samples. So they have his DNA. Yeah. They put it in this machine. This is my explanation of it. And the, they go like, okay, he's, you know, it's kind of like ancestry DNA in a sense of like where you're like, oh, you're from part of your family's Irish and part of your family's this. And then they come up with a composite sketch of your ancestral DNA. It's like 21 and me or 23 and me. Yeah, but but in a in a lab. <clears throat> I would never do that. To create <coughs> Excuse me. I, 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 I would never do 23 and me. You know, uh, Alicia and I, my next door neighbor, we had this discussion. So <laughs> about, you know, giving your DNA because the Golden State killer was caught because of a relative. Yeah. And we were she was joking with me that she got rid of a set of knives. She's like, I clean those things so well because who knows who's going to take them and do something with it. And then I'm going to get implicated on a murder charge because they're idiots. And I was like, that's a good point. I should really make sure I wash my cutlery a little better so my fingerprints are on in case anything happens. <laughs> if you're innocent, you'll be proved. No, that's not true. See, I mean, like, <clears throat> right? Look at all the innocent people in... Anyways, but the 23andMe thing is really interesting, like, or any ancestry thing where you give DNA and they can totally map out your, like, your, yeah. Okay, but this is different than 23andMe. Also, again, I think we discussed this. I could hear you, sucker. Um, Sorry. You can choose to make your profile private. 
Oh. So all these companies, you can choose to make your profile private. Mm. They can't just give your information away. So if you are curious for yourself, yeah. then you can find out. If you want to make yours public, then you can find out if you have answer, like, um, like relatives, mm-hmm. different areas. Then that's okay. But that is your, so your choice. It's still like your kind of protection. Okay. You know, so I think there's that. Again, this is not that. This is a company that takes his DNA and puts it in a system and com- comes up a composite sketch, like a picture of him. Oh, I thought you meant like a, not a, not necessarily a picture, but like almost no, like, like an a actual physical photograph. Where his, where his lineage might yeah. be like concentrated so, no, so, here in this area. Well, they, it is kind of doing that, but then they're creating what somebody from that would I'm look looking like. up the, con- co- so, the company right now because I'm curious as to what else they do. The paraben DNA people, is that what it's called? What's the... Um- the nanolabs, yeah. I've, I've seen it used in other cases. Okay. So, they, they, you know, it's like if, if you're Eastern European, then your eyes are probably blue or green or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, like, uh, and this and that. So, they came up with that. Um, hey, let me see what I have here. The Sweeney murder suspect composite showed that the suspect is a male Northern European a- of ancestry with fair skin, blue-green eyes, brown blonde hair, and a few freckles. Eyeglasses were added to the composite based on the description of the eyewitnesses. So I have, oh, I forgot to pull them up for you. I have the sketch originally, the original composite sketch, and then the new composite Ooh, sketch as well. Okay, I'm interested. To um, s- I'm interested to see that. That'd be interesting. That'd be. Oops. And by I have, I mean I forgot to save it, but I'll look it up for you. That's okay. Uh, then I have a de- um, Detective Sergeant Bob Weston from Greater Suffolk Police says, we actually had an overwhelming response from the public in response to the media conference last January, uh, which was early 2018. Wow. So oh, 20 years yes. Later. Okay. So 20 years later, which was January 2018. That's when it is. Uh, before releasing the new composite image in 2017, police had already eliminated 1,800 people of interest. That's crazy. They had received another 360 tips as of January 2018 since that composite sketch. Out of these 360 tips, approximately 200 people have been eliminated through DNA or other means because they have his DNA. Wow. Uh, Weston said, we have approximately 150 tips that are still outstanding. Police were hopeful earlier in 2018, but a law that recently came into effect that expands Canada's national DNA data bank would provide another tool that would crack the Sweeney case. Lindsay's Law. We got to do that one time. Yes. Uh, named after a 14-year-old Lindsay Nichols who went missing on Vancouver Island in 1993, expands the databank to include DNA from missing, pers- missing persons collected from personal effects such as toothbrushes. It also includes DNA profiles from relatives of missing persons who have voluntarily, ah, voluntarily made contributions as well as from unidentified human remains. So they put all of this in one big box yeah. like, thing and they okay. mix it up. Well, they don't mix it up, but you know, so you have missing people, missing people's relatives, you have People voluntarily do it, and then you have unidentified human remains. So that way, there can be a link. Uh, the previous, previously existing DNA data bank includes DNA from convicted offenders as well as collected from crime scenes. So all these is all it's all in like I guess one big thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I have the Renee Sweeney sus- suspect DNA is already in the crime scene index, says Greater Sudbury Police Detar- De- Detective Staff Sergeant Jordan Butchanin. Butchanin. Butchanin? Butchanin. Butchanin. <laughs> I love. Oh, we're back. We're oh. back. Why is everything Julie so hard for me? Julie saying last names. <laughs> Um, I just want a single episode of you saying people's oh names. Oh my god, can we? That mm-hmm. would be awesome. And we can put it to music. Okay. Butcherman, Good Godino, These are my last names. Okay, side note here. Julie wins wins all the awards for best Christmas present given ever. Ever. So I'm wearing one of them currently. No, you got me ambient toast. Well, yeah, but you got me a fucking Hallow Queen t-shirt. You got me a Nightmare Before Christmas t-shirt. You got me a bloody bath mat. And from Ed Gein himself, apparently, a <laughs> leather-bound notebook. But one of them, but in the card that you wrote me, it had... I have the card somewhere, I forget. But you put you put a little um, anecdote about Sagawa from our podcast. I can't remember what it said. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, I don't even remember that. You don't, but I was oh, like, yes, because I said eat that eating the brains. Yes, or something like that. that's, that's right. right. And you're like from Segwa. I'm like, oh, you know me so well. Yeah, Julie wins Christmas. Jenna made our business cards and got me ambient toast. Okay, I don't know about that. If you haven't seen our ambient toast yet, you're missing out. It was on our Instagram story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, as the two new indexes that we can compare with start filling up the DNA. With the DNA. This is a quote, okay? That's why I can't fucking say it. (laughs) As the two new indexes that we can compare with start filling up with DNA, if that person was ever reported missing and that DNA collected, it will match our crime scene. Okay. Okay. I got through it. And I understood that. Thank you. There's still more. Or if human remains have been found anywhere in Canada and that DNA is loaded into an index, to that index, it will match with our crime scene and we'll know we've located the identity of the killer so if we found dead bone stuff and we're like oh look you match you're the killer and now you're dead on december 11th 2018 this was a month ago yeah just over a month a month and two days ago greater sudbury police finally got a crack in the case they were hoping for At the beginning of November 2018, again two months ago, our detectives identified a person of interest and through investigative techniques gathered forensic evidence, said the Greater Suburb Police Detective Sergeant Sandra DeCare. Yes. Good girl. The forensic evidence provided the service with reasonable grounds to effect an arrest and obtain a search warrant, both were carried out earlier that day, which was December 11th, 2018, in North Bay. Wow. Which is about an hour and a half north of Sudbury. Robert Stephen Wright, 39, of North Bay, was arrested and charged with first-degree murder of Sweeney's death. He was an 18-year-old Lockerbie composite school student at the time of her murder. Piece of shit. Yes. And he was married. I think he had kids, too. 
And we just fucking knock, <sighs> knock, family. knock. So, and I, I just want to say that I remember driving that day, December 11th, 2018. So a month ago, as I do all the time, just driving. Mm-hmm. And Renee popped into my head. And I remember thinking about how horrible it was that some asshole is free out there. And I remember I was driving from, it was in, in um, like driving the back streets kind of from Markham area. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was thinking of her that specific day just happened. And being in Toronto, that news wasn't really relevant to anyone here. Or And then I was teaching that night. So I didn't even have like access to the news or anything like that. So it was just, she just popped in my head. So it's not like it came up in conversation with anybody that I was teaching with because it was adults. Um, anyway, I got home and I did my thing and went to bed. The next morning, my mom sent me a text with the news telling me that they got Sweeney's murder the previous day. Unfucking believable. So you, weird. Maybe you are a psychic. And I didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. But I'm psychic about something that I can't really do anything about. But no. it's, just, it's weird that you it just... got feeling. Like if I was in Sudbury and it was on the news or something, but I remember driving and thinking like, fuck, like that's so upsetting. Like this... 20 years. Shit, yeah. It's a long time to not only be working on a case, but for a case to go unsolved. Yeah. Like it was almost it was almost twenty one years because they got him in December. Oh right. Yeah. But yeah. Holy shit. Yay, investigators. Thank you to the Sudbury police and everybody on that. Like yeah. keeping on it for twenty yeah. years. Yeah. That makes me feel good. It makes me have hope that people people care. Like it, it makes yeah. it's clearly they cared. Clearly they wanted justice. And unf- I mean it's twenty years later, but still better than never piece right? of shit gone <laughs> what a fucking dickweed yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear more about more information when more information obviously comes out about this guy yes yeah i'm i'm gonna be really interested to hear what he's got to say well we yeah i have um somebody i know so family friend's daughter so I found a friend. Mm-hmm. She went to school with both of them. Really? Yeah. Did you she, talk to them? Did no. you hear? No, no, I no, didn't. no, no. Backsider, back insider information. No, mm-hmm. no. That's See, nuts. Okay, so we have one more story left. Yeah. How long have we been recording? Um, an hour and forty-one minutes only. Like the, usually, these are like two-hour sessions for us. We're like, we're like, see, we're pros now. We still have a lot of shit to cut out, too. We do. Yeah. So, where the fuck is our podcast recording deal? And are all of these, like, mad, sexy sponsors? Sponsors! <laughs> we gotta get listeners first. We do. So, if anyone... Yeah. Listen. Look. And love no. us. Love us. Listen and love us! Listen and love okay. us. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to do this one sort of, like, from the news article. Um, because I didn't write it fully out. Okay. So, I love my husband. <laughs> let me just, let me just say this. This is when she murders him. I'm going to eat candy. Because he freaking held back on this, del- like, deliciously juicy story. We, we were, we were tired. <clears throat> we were stressed. I can't remember what we were doing that day. And I was like, can I, can we just not cook? Can we please go and you know, have something to eat. Let's go get takeout. So we go to our local pub, Eulalie's, which is awesome. Oh, that's a big 
Wait, why is there a fucking fish <laughs> in a... Okay, this is an important... Breaking news. Breaking news. A fish has just jumped out of Swedish berry packaging. The large, very large, above average large. That's bigger than that's a Swedish fish. What is happening? You need to take. Let me take a picture of this. We need to tell our listeners about the 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 madness. Um. That's what I don't know. I need you to eat that fish. Eat it. Just eat it. <laughs> that was good. Um, okay, so yeah, so we go to dinner. Yeah. And I'm I'm not stressing about the podcast. I'm just like, oh, you know, I got I've gotta write out all these um murders because oh yeah, you passing the headphones. That okay. Um because you know, uh like you do when you are supposed to be out have not like Thinking being stressed murder? out and yeah i was like oh I, you know we've, we're trying to get all the information collected for the holiday episode and i don't think we've got enough content which we clearly do so i go you have you absolutely what other like what murders from port dover can i talk about like what he goes oh i don't have any but wait so this story is about a gentleman that tyler you he worked with this person um, and that's all I'm allowed to say. Okay. I cannot say anything else okay. other than that, unless it's my own opinion. Right. <clears throat> um, uh, because Tyler is a professional and he's very, like, he's a professional person. He conducts himself as such. I understand, but he did give me permission to talk about this story. So Tony Robles uh, is a is an engineer and he was working for the the township of Hamilton. I say township because that's how all these weird engineers say it. Like the township of Toronto. It's not like the city of Toronto, the township of Smith Falls. You can just say Smith Falls. You can just say. It's all so an engineer thing. I guess so. So you're so not better than us. Apparently, whatever. (laughs) The township of Hamilton uh, had uh, this Tony Rubbles had been working for them with their wastewater treatment plant. And it kind of came to light or the way that Tyler told me this was, you know, they this was kind of his first gig out of uh, out of college, too. And all of a sudden, Tony's just nowhere he just sort of suddenly disappeared can i get a year oh sure one sec um this wasn't that long ago uh this was november 10th 2016 do you know this do you know this yeah i don't know it i don't know it very well but i do know of it Mm -hmm. and i remember being very fascinated about it i can tell you some stuff off off um recording okay um so the way that Tyler, like I said, Tyler said, you know, this guy, this guy was a, a very, not, I wouldn't say a social butterfly, but he really liked to talk a lot. He was sort of, always had an opinion, you know, um, he was one of those people that. Brilliant. <laughs> she also had her hand going, by the way, guys, up and down like oh, a little chatterbox. Yeah. Creepy, like those teeth I talk that you with wind my up. Hand. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, I love those. I want some. I want to get like a fake set of teeth in my mouth. <laughs> like, what, what if you put weird. one of those things in? I'm like. Oh, it goes up and down? Yeah. Well, <gasps> oh, speaking. 
speaking of vibrator things okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mouth opening I was I, I know I the, the the things my brain comes up like um, that I don't triggers know what kind of vibrator you use that opens up and down <laughs> well this one that I'm gonna talk to you about is not one that opens up but apparently it's like the world's most advanced vibrator of all time it actually it was um uh I can't remember what the name of the company is I should send you the link because I'm gonna buy one of these things uh, it I have one and I love Lilo but it's not it's um it's called like O Z O S apostrophe E it's done the company is like Laura Coltier it's I don't know but if you look up C E S revokes uh a, a word from sex toy you'll you'll find the article but <clears throat> this is how shitty women's just shit is going CES is a big tech uh, award ceremony thing. And usually every year the, they award like a big, huge award to like the best product yep. or best tech product. Well, this this vibrator won it. Ooh. But then a month later, it was revoked because it, of the product being too lewd and too um, inappropriate to receive the award. However, what? that the year before at CES, um, sex robots were introduced and and brought to the <laughs> venue and the uh the people the booth people who were working and the engineers said these sex robots got defiled so badly that their robots were actually broken that's how much people were manhandling these fake robots the sex robots mm-hmm. not only that but this year they introduced vr porn like virtual reality porn where you put a headset on and you can kind of watch it what? right so you're thinking so everything uh, is sexual every year. Well, they they introduce something. So this product comes along. It has it's a, a robotics engineer team. Yes, that thing. I'm going to buy one. Um it's been it's been ergonomically designed to fit and and it molds itself to your oh. vagina. It Ooh. actually moves in the, a spe- special way. Like robotic engineers looked at women's bodies and our our vaginal canals and cervixes and shit and um our uh clitoris and molded this um uh, vibrator to be women friendly to give the most it looks like, fantastic. It looks beautiful. Know, like, look at you got this part here to it, for the, the cl- for the clitoris. This is perfect. And that thing does a butt. It like whirls and it and it can like pulse jabby, like it jab oh. pulses. It's really cool if you read more about it. But their fucking award got taken away because it was too lewd and too inappropriate. That's bullshit. But maybe if we order it together, yeah, we'd save on the shipping. We could because it's coming out this fall. They're, apparently, they're. It, oh, this this thing has just exploded. Women all over the world are ordering this thing because of this whole, this showed up on our women in Reddit. It's a stupid, like, it's a travesty. Anyways, I wanted to tell you because I know you're very sex positive and we often talk about sexual, like, pleasuring ourselves. Um, you know, I struggle with it. It's something, you know, I have to use toys. And I saw this and I saw robotics engineers. Tyler, you need to get this for me for Christmas. He goes, okay, sounds good. I'm like, it was made by uh, a team of all primarily female with a few male engineers, but robotic specialists. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's a tech marvel. They deserve their award back. Yes. So CES, stop being fuckwits. Don't be misogynist assholes. Start giving awards to innovative products for women 
made for women. We need we need a Viagra for women to come out to let the pink pill be passed by the FDA. Stop this shit. Women's sexual health matters. Okay. End of rant. So Tony <laughs> Robles. Tony Robles. So this happened. Yeah, in 2016. Um. So all of a sudden, so. They were having full contact with this guy. They were working on several projects with him, I guess, at the time. And he just cut, like, nothing. They heard nothing. So, this is what came to light. Um, in the beginning, uh, um, the... That's the first three sentences of the original Bible. The first Bible, not original. What? In the beginning? Oh. <laughs> in the beginning, there was only Julie and Jenna, the supreme beings of the universe... That's the real Bible. That's what it really says. That's true. So this is this is what this is how Tyler told me the story. He said, I guess police had been tipped off to something going on with Tony and his wife. Uh, they go to his house, they extract him and find thousands of child pornography on his computer. And found out that he had beaten and like were was abusive to his wife um but she, and it had been going on for years and years and years so did you say you, they pulled him out like him as a human out like he was there he at was the at his, at their house and then they looked on his computer and found okay he was at the house because he went mia well he went mia from uh work stuff so work stuff he wasn't doing anything okay and this is why the reason being is okay Police found child pornography in the home and on his computer and arrested him. Um, and while they were going through the whole procedure for this thing, and I guess like he uh, he had been abusing his wife for yeah. several, several years, pretty much th through their whole marriage. He uh, his whole life is destroyed because of this. He can't work anymore. And um, b basically, he's living in this rv it's in the back lot of someone's house and there's like a camera back there a, C a cctv camera and what it shows so this is after he's arrested and charged with with child pornography and stuff he's awaiting trial at this point so and he's out he he's was out trial. yeah he was out awaiting trial which was going to happen in a few weeks anyways someone rolls up comes out of the car knocks on the door his the person Tony um, opens the door and enters the enters the RV. Um, excuse me. And then he's dead. Person exits the RV, leaves, and that's that. There's a nine one one call. I don't know exactly who called nine one one. If it was like Tony's son or like the homeowners from the art, like where the RV was staying, but. He was dead. Um, he was shot. His son. Let me find the name of his son. Um, <clears throat> his son, Jonathan Robles, had driven to the home that night, went into the RV and shot his dad because he had suspected that his father had been doing inappropriate things with his own children it nothing like that Jonathan's children. Yeah, I okay. didn't there. When Tyler told me this, we looked it up. I didn't see any information about that. But he, his mother finally kind of came out and told um, her son, like what her what the father had been doing to her and stuff. And he was worried that even though he was about to go on trial, 
he there was he he felt that there was no significant proof to convict him and he was afraid of him being able to get away and get get away with it so he i, I don't know if take it upon himself was, is the right word but he wanted to be a vigilante and protect his family um I'm still conflicted on how I feel about this situation. Yes, an, a human killed another human. But that man was a piece of shit. I don't know. I'm, And this is my opinion. But the son wanted to protect his family. He's got two young kids. He was trying to protect his mom as well. And sometimes the court fails us. It, it's true. But at the same time, could you not have went through the court first? And that's, that's where I'm conflicted on it too. You've got to kind of let justice run its course. But I also feel like, I don't think that guy should have been out in bail. No. Like, you said there was a camera in his it, thing. Yeah. So um, I've got a here. I'll show you. Yes. Okay. But like, so you don't get to be free. This is the, this is the camera footage from the, um from the situation. So the, they're like in a parking lot area. Oh, okay. The RV sort of like behind here. Um, but <clears throat> I'll read you, I'll read you a bit of the CBC article. And this is where, so this is kind of what Tyler gave me the overview of. Um, uh, Jonathan Robles will s- serve a life sentence in prison for fatally stabbing his sexually abusive and violent father. Stabbing? But, yeah, stabbing. Did I say shooting? You said shooting. Oh, sorry. So shooting. I mean stabbing. <laughs> so fuck. I'm so sorry. Um, Jonathan Robles had stabbed his father. Okay. Uh, uh, stabbing his sexually abusive and violent father to protect his own young family. The killing happened the same day the family had learned that domestic abuse and child porn charges against his father might not stick. That's why. Sorry. Or result in a significant penalty. The 37-year-old described by a court uh, psychiatrist as otherwise peaceful and passive person will be able to apply for role after 12 years. Um... I mean, yes, Robles assumed the role of family vigilante against his father, a toxic individual. Robles had called 911 and remained on the scene after his father died. Okay, so he, uh, he didn't Jonathan didn't run away. He actually called and stayed. He pled guilty uh, to a reduced second-degree murder charge and waived his right to a plen- plen- preliminary hearing. The judge pointed to this as a positive factor in his sentencing. On the other hand, we have a brutal killing of a defenseless man. The father did not deserve to have his life ended, slaughtered by his son. Mm. Mm. The circumstances leading up to the fatal uh, altercation on November night two years ago uh, were anything but straightforward. Robles sobs in the prisoner's box, his shoulders shaking as the judge recounts allegations against his father, Tony, and the circumstances that had led to the sentencing on Friday. I want to know if he was ever sexually assaulted by his father. That's a good question. Because, I mean, maybe he doesn't even want to admit that. Too, or you know, did he have repressed? Did he have like repressed memories? And yeah, when this came out. It just like fuck you. You're not touching my kids. Like you fucking touch me. But maybe he doesn't want to say anything. That's a good point yeah. to make because if he's a child molester, I know there are some that don't touch their own children. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, he abused his own wife. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, I think that's a very plausible theory. I think it's a f- strong theory, but I, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it's not in, in the press because he's asked for it to be kept out, but usually freedom of the press would find that out. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a good point to make because I don't, I didn't state the age of the pornography or, or gender g- or gender. Yeah. So it, I mean, possibly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
And maybe the reason he did this too, maybe his kids said something. Maybe his kids had mentioned. I know. And uh, defenseless man. Sure. But a piece of shit man. Absolutely. And uh, it's, it's a very complicated situation. Um, Okay. On November 6, 2014, Robles went to the mobile home where his dad, Tony Robles, lived near an auto shop in the east end of Hamilton. Earlier in the day, Robles' family had visited with an assistant crown attorney who was bringing charges against the elder Robles for domestic violence and child pornography. The family left that meeting feeling worried that the charges wouldn't stick. Uh, And so far, quote unquote, after it appeared that his father might not serve a significant time uh, Robles went with an audio recorder running to try and elicit an admission from his father's pedophilia or his abuse of young children that would put that, that would help put him away. So he was trying to be proactive about it. Yeah. And I think that's that good. Yeah, that's good. But it sucks that it led the system. Yeah. Robles was worried about his mother and his wife and his own kids who are I'm not going to say their age. When his father refused to admit he had hurt anyone, Robles killed him with a hunting knife. There were uniques. uh, These were unique, were quote unquote, unique circumstances for his otherwise peaceful, for this otherwise peaceful passive man. Um, And I think they're talking about the son. Yeah. I think. Yes. No, because even they describe the son as being peaceful Peaceful. and whatever in court other than this one time. I mean, when you're a father... That's a whole other fucking ball game. Like, yeah, you're going to do anything to protect your kid. Yes. You can be totally calm, peaceful, chill, like no zen or whatever. But when you know that that's your fucking family, yes. that's your father that can... Any, you know, even our, even the kids in our program, we often say that, like, our place is a safe space. If you ever feel in danger and come yeah, come into the gallery. Or, like, around the town or whatever, like, around the neighborhood. Yeah. Come and run in. Absolutely. I, w- I, 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 I will, I will probably kill someone if they yeah. tried to hurt one of our yeah. students. I, I love these kids. Like yeah. they're, they're our future. Yeah. Don't you dare put a hand on a child. It is not okay. Okay. Jenna's on a, this train of well, no, child stuff. No, it's good. That's, I know. Eh? There is a lot of. Yeah. I know. But, um, so one of the things here that I'm reading, uh, Robles suffered from what is likely depression or possible, a possible form of bipolar disorder, which makes sense from the stories that Tyler had told me. Um, because, uh, it seemed like there, there was this up and down, um, ebb and flow of personality from Tony. Yeah. From Tyler's personal stories. Not, I'm not saying bad things. you know, just sort of the way he conducted himself. He, you know, I, he is a business guy. He's in a high stress place. So there's probably going to be that, you know, very, very high highs and very, very low lows in situations of the magnitude that he, like he, he can, he was the, the top guy for, he was the guy that if something went wrong, everything fell on his shoulders. If like a water main broke and it just killed like people, he's the guy it gets pinned on because he's the engineer that stamps and approves all of the drawings for construction and stuff and making sure that everything's right as rain. So that's a high power. That's a stressful thing to be 
responsible for. But I, it makes sense that maybe he had possible pi- bipolar disorder. Um, Tony. Tony. The, ped- the pedophile. The pedophile. The pedophile. Again, bipolar is not a link to pedophilia. No, not at all. She's just talking about his character. Thank you. Be That's very clear. When yeah. somebody's bipolar, it does not mean... Mm-mm. They're sick pieces of shit. Not at all. Not at all. Um, When his wife confronted him and considered leaving in 1982, he went to the basement and pointed a gun at her. She was close enough to move his arm out of the way and the bullet hit the wall behind her. Confronted him about what? Wanting to leave him. Oh, just, but for any reason? Um, let's see. Well, here's some information about, uh, Robles parents immigrated from the philippines in 1970 i'm assuming we're talking about jonathan's parents uh tony robles had proclivity for female there we go here it is Uh, tony robles had a proclivity for female children going back decades including multiple relatives and an eight-year-old girl her mother was planning to adopt there we go there it is fucking piece of shit and then so he here's the part when his wife confronted him and considered le- uh, leaving in 1982 he went to the basement and pointed a gun That's at her when it later robles brother shot and killed himself as a teen with one of his dad's gun the elder robles refused to let his wife tell police anything about his other unregistered guns even after his son died telling her he'd kill oh, her if she did fuck this guy was Fucked up for a long time, and, and his wife knew that, hence why the abuse was probably, like, psychologically fucking her up. Totally. Oh, my God. The elder Robles was a controlling and abusive man and would threaten to abuse the boys if his wife wouldn't meet his sexual demands. Robles' mom, Emerita, did everything to serve Tony so he would not abuse the children. This included, included allowing him to place a television showing pornographic videos behind her while they were having sex. She later learned those videos were displaying child pornography. Mm. Oh, boy. I did not read that beforehand. <laughs> um. Anyway, well, I get, like... Outside, Robles' mom and wife say they wish the judge would have sent selected the 10-year minimum parole, but that didn't happen. But the judge said, or but um, Jonathan's wife said, I'm really pleased at how lenient the judge seemed to be. He seemed to really listen to the background information, I guess, of like what happened with the family. Oh, um, Jonathan, yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. 20 for a second, but yeah. Okay. No. Um... Yeah. yeah, so that's that's pretty much. Wow, that's and it. Tyler worked with Tony. Yeah, Tyler worked with him. Oh, gross! <clears throat> it's very unsettling. That's gross. Yeah, to know. Yeah, I mean, I, of course, they're like everywhere, and they're. Uh, it's, it's not okay. It's, I mean. Uh, yeah. Okay. I I get what you mean. Now, like, I I do see your side of. We've got a, like, yes, a piece of shit is dead. Uh, um, He's no longer going to hurt anyone or or do anything. But at the same time, we do have to let justice run its course. We have to let the court systems do its thing so that we we can see how it works and that we can fix what's wrong with it. You know, the... I want to know why they didn't think it would stick, like... That's yeah. what's curious to me. Like, there's proof that there's all this fucking child porn in the house. Like, 
throw this fucker away. Yeah. And Why did, yeah, and put it like, who bailed him key? out? So I guess like when you get arrested and you're charged with something, you have to, st- I, I'm, you stay in jail, but someone, he's a, probably, he was probably allowed out on bail. Who, f- who paid his bail? Well, you just need like a lien on the house or something, right? Oh, can you? Can you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought someone like actually did like, this. I forget what it is. Like if it's like a $100,000 bail, you don't mm. pay $100,000. Like, oh. You pay like, what is it? I don't know. I, I don't know the percentage, but let's say you pay like uh, $3,000. Again, guys, I'm making these numbers up. But if it's a $100,000 <laughs> bail, you're not paying $100,000. You pay a percentage mm-hmm. and then you put like a like a lien on, the, on something if you don't have it. And then once you show up, you get all that money back. Oh, okay. You get the $3,000 back. Oh, I thought so it was just, just... When you go on bail, it's, to, it's you have to pay. It's almost like a promise for you to come back on your court oh. date. So, I guess if you don't show up, this this I'm just assuming. If you don't show up, then you lose that $3,000, but you also lose whatever you had like the lean on your house or whatever. Like, yeah. You lose that. So the first the first thing that goes back like, pays off. I'm that. totally unqualified to be, you know, on this murder podcast because I had no idea. <laughs> well, I mean, I could be I, making all of this up and you have no idea I either. Just, right? I was like... I'm just making this up as I go here. I always thought you actually had to pay no so if it's like a one million dollar bail it's not one million dollars uh, well i was gonna say i'd bail you out with any whatever you need i'd bail you out thank you you're welcome thank you because i know you didn't do it or i uh d- did something to somebody who fucking was trying to hurt somebody yeah then yeah fight back no. like yeah. you know with with the whole renee sweeney um murder that, case like sure. that's a I that's one of the most um, time and time again things I hear about when it comes to true crime podcasts. It's like scratch, claw, get the DNA under your fingernails. Do that. Fight. Don't. And she was so fucking like stabbed, and she's still trying yeah. to get to the phone. Oh my god! Like dragging herself. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck. You. I'm. Just remember those pieces of shit are pieces of shit. i don't know words of words of encouragement i just want to know what happened to his life after after that like did you not do anything ever again did you not kill somebody did you not abuse your wife yeah i want to know i want to talk to his wife and be like yeah i I, like why or if he's like a psychopath or sociopath whatever whatever the fuck that means well you know how they can have a wife yes totally fine and then do bad things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, so far he hasn't been charged with anything else. But how can you kill somebody so brutally and then just be like, okay. And then run away. Like. Run away and then be okay. And nobody knows who you are. And you go to high school. Yeah. Like, and it's in January. High school's not done. Nope. So mad. I, oh, he would go. He'd be back in school. Like. With scratches to- on his face. And yeah. Yeah. <gasps> I mean, sure, you could call in sick for a couple of Wait, days. Wait, you said you had you knew a, you knew a person who knew, knows a person, yeah. who went to school with them. Yeah, would they remember? No, because he was eighteen. Then oh. she was already done, done and graduated. Oh, so remember, Renee Sweeney was twenty three, and he was eighteen, so eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Yeah, so when he was in grade nine, mm-hmm. Renee Sweeney would have been grade thirteen if she 
but she did do grade 13 because she went to Laurentian University. So, so those two happened to be in school that one year at the same time. Yeah. Oh. But the person I know is somewhere like I think in between. I don't think she was. So when he was eight, when he was in grade 13 or 12 or whatever grade mm-hmm. he was in, I think it would be 13. She, the person was gone. Was, was gone. Oh. And I haven't spoken to her. My mom is the one who's like, by the way. Me. Yeah. If anyone from that high, that school, on the on the day after, the couple days after, I know. I wonder, did mess- he have yeah. scratches? Like, what was his behavior like? Because I think of like Luke Armstrong with the way he behaved the day that he killed his mom at school, like saying the shit that he said about hating women and talking about how everyone was gonna die. The school called him, and uh, the school called his dad and said he was disheveled and acting strange. What about this guy? Like, did the did the school officials notice anything weird? Yeah, there, there's probably more that's going to come out. And how did nobody notice? Like, his composite sketch went everywhere on Every- TV. So, like, you think well, that's his like- parents would be like, fuck, that kind of looks like yeah, you, right? That's true. Mind you, one time there was somebody who did a composite sketch of some chick. And I looked at them and I'm like, that kind of looks like me. And I sent it to my what? aunt. And I was like, doesn't this look like me? She goes, bang out. And I'm like, no, I swear, it looks like me. I wonder if I if I go into her history. Probably not. I must have deleted Find it. Find it. Well, Paul Bernardo, like, when that composite sketch came out, there was one person who, like, there was a bunch of people, actually, who called and said, I think it might be Paul. And they didn't do anything about it. And then we all know what happened after. We don't. We didn't do that murder yet. No. Well, I think most people, yeah. anybody who's here in Canada knows about Apparently, it's called the Ken and Barbie murders. Yes. I had never heard it called I think that, that before. that's like an American thing that they took on. Ew. You ruined Barbie for me, America. Mm. <laughs> and then, I don't understand you, because I know... Um, America's ruining a MFM lot of things. calls it... Um, uh, calls it the called it the Kenneth. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Oh, I all I know is that Karen did it for when she was here in Toronto. Hey, guess what we get to do in about uh, a month? I'm really excited! I can't wait. I'm so excited. All right, I think that's it, man. The that those were our hometown murders. Zoe's hometown murder and Tyler's random out of left field murder. They're like still like close to Toronto. Well, I, oh, he he, he never ha- what? Gotta go drug my dog. Oh, okay. Gotta go hang out with Phoebe. Go see how your peppers is doing. Yeah, mine's in our bedroom right now, whining. He's been whining the whole b- recording whining? session. Whining. You could hear him. Yeah, well, I could hear. I went. A mother knows the sound know. of her child. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Um, Do we have anything else? So the Bachelor's playing tonight. Oh, PVR. Don't worry. Nice. Um, Colt's the Bachelor. I'm gonna watch Titans. You gotta watch that Khalif. Oh yes, I do. I have to. I have to. So much. I gotta catch up. I have so much stuff. I gotta get our Amazon Prime working. I have to figure out how to get Crave TV, apparently. But apparently Crave TV has, like, a crap ton of, like, really good um, true crime documentaries and things. So, it's TV shows. Yeah. 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 TV docs and stuff. You also have Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. I gotta watch that. I do. I'm on season three. Did you just start? Oh, 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 oh! Marshmallow. 
set ring a bell? Marshmallows. Hello, my little marshmallows. No. Veronica Mars? Okay. Did you finish it? It's weird that you said that. (laughs) I'm going to tell you why. And I almost said Veronica Mars. But the reason I did it, because I'm like, well, no, she's obviously not talking about that. Oh, my God. I I so fucking should have just said Veronica Mars. Mm -hmm. I started watching the movie today. (gasps) And? I haven't finished it. Oh, come on. she, She starts off with saying, they now call me a marshmallow. Hello, my little marshmallows. And then... They're making more. Did I tell you that? I think I might have no, told No, that's how... I think I brought it up. Did you watch Veronica Mars? And then you said yes. And then you said, do you know they're making more? And I was like, that's why I'm watching it. Because one of my coworkers, Glenn, was like, have you ever seen this? And I was like, no. Because I was watching Good Place, which was suggested by... Oh, it's awesome, a too. girl from our art class here. Yeah. And Glenn from the other studio I work at, he was, I was like, yeah, I like Kristen Bell, I like she's funny. He's like, oh, do you watch Fire Mars? Blah, 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 blah. So now I'm watching it. I'm halfway through the movie and I'm sad because when it's done, I'm out of no TV show. Then you just go back and rewatch it. That's what I do. That's true, but it's not, they're not mine. They're all his. Oh. So I have DVDs for the first two seasons. Yep. And then he gave me a usb thing so i plug it in my tv and so once this is done i have to give it all back so you watched season three yeah where she was in piz is like my favorite he, he's he, so cute oh, he's very cute very sweet mm-hmm. but like how is she not with logan i know and so i this whole <sighs> season three or not season three the whole movie you're like well, Piz is such a nice guy. I know. Be stupid if she cheated on him or something. I don't know if she did yet. I don't. Oh. Yeah. So I'm well, assuming she doesn't. Don't tell me. I'm assuming she doesn't, but I don't know. I'm not even going to look at you. But I'm like, he's so sweet and oh, so I nice. Oh, I love him. You can't. Leave he's him. my favorite. I, I pr- I'm a Piz over a Logan. Well, okay. If this was a real person, yeah, fuck, you can't date Logan. But this is my fantasy here. I just, Logan is so sweet when he wants to be sweet. Yes. And Dick is so funny. Oh, you, then you've got to watch, uh, making something with Dick. There's like a spinoff with, with him. He did like a a movie thing. I didn't watch all of it because I, I couldn't, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't done by Rob Thomas, the guy who made this show. It was done by, like, by... It was produced by him, but not fully directed and controlled by him. Um, but now what you need to do is you need to watch iZombie. Okay. That's your next one. It's on Netflix. Okay. So you're okay with that. I love that series. Rob Thomas did that again. And the actual singer Rob Thomas shows up in one of the seasons oh. as a funny joke because people completely think that. All the time. Every time you say Rob Thomas, I yeah. think it's singer even though Matchbox 20. I love them. They were great back in the day when he did that song with Santana. But I bum bum bum. And I don't. I hear it in my head. Now we've been recording for almost three hours. Yeah, okay. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Okay, and so... Anyways. Jenna, this is where you stop so, cutting. I'm supposed to stop. We were, <laughs> sp- <laughs> we were supposed to stop like an hour ago. Yeah. But we got on a tangent about old school music and our growing up in the 90s. 
Oh, reminiscing. Nostalgia. It's good stuff. Yeah. But hopefully we should have been there. Yeah, you should have. But we cut it all out. Yeah, we did. So So what we're going to say is uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. You can follow us at The Art of Murder uh, on Instagram. You can go to uh, Facebook and type in The Art of Murder. Um, Our email address is... uh, Art of Murder Podcast at Mm gmail.com. You can go to our website. Go to our website, which is... Theartofmurder.ca. The Art of murder.ca that was the art of murder.ca yes not the fart of murder the art of murder.ca the art and uh the art yeah the art i see we're back we're back oh baby i love the way that we're back i know every day not every day we got stuff to do every week but yeah. uh hopefully this is back weekly for a while until we have to take another break and uh thank you guys for listening send yeah. us more murder stories written out fully yeah and we'll do an official one with you and your words yes your words at some point one point yeah. when we have no time to do our own stuff that's right <laughs> but uh really glad to be back i'm so this mate today it was awesome that's i missed awesome. you we have some horrific stories that we heard today yeah um but you- that's that's the reality of uh, our podcast. Yes. We're trying to enlighten and talk about this because it's a real thing and it should not be kept in the dark. I was going to say closet, but that was a bad joke. <laughs> Anyways. Can you have my closet? Yeah. Ambient toast! <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, I don't know if it went bad or good at the end. You know what? There's my murder for next week right there. You can just Ooh. see it. I'll be honest. I did not know about this. But you probably do. About this murder? That you're going to do? Yeah. Oh. I'm so scared. it was exciting for me.